Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the Hoops Hype podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by arguably the draft's top scorer and a potential lottery pick to keep an eye on, Cameron Thomas out of LSU. Cam, I appreciate you hopping on the line with us here at Hoops Hype. How's everything going, brother? You know, everything's all good, man. Just going through the process. Everything's good. Well, I'm glad to hear that things are going well. We're a little less than a month away now from the NBA draft. And, you know, with that in mind, a lot of fans and NBA executives, you know, they could look at um, box scores and and videotape from you and your game. But, you know, one thing I was curious of, uh, and I think obviously listeners and execs would be too, is uh, to start off, what's something that maybe people – don't know about you that they wouldn't find in, in a Google search or something like that about Cam Thomas as a person? Yeah. Um, just, you know, I probably watch it, you know, I, I mean, I just love to learn. So I like to watch the documentary to learn more about, you know, just history period. Example, like 30 for 30s on ESPN. I love the 30 for 30. So I love to watch those all day, every day almost. So really just, a documentary watcher. Interesting. Um, how else would you describe yourself uh, off the court? Anything else like you like to do maybe for fun? Um, really just play video games, really. I like to just play video games off the court. I'm really laid back and goofy off the court, but when I'm on the court, it's all business. So it's like two totally different people. So I'm really just laid back. Well, I mean, when you're on the court, you obviously have a a killer mindset as a scorer, but you know, in, in growing up, you know, before you got even to LSU or maybe it was at LSU, I was curious as you're about to kind of realize your dream of becoming an NBA player. Was there a moment for you where the light kind of went on that, Hey, I can be an NBA player. Um, I mean, you always kind of like striving for that. So you don't really like think of it like that. Cause you always you're always training and, and training and trying to become an NBA player. So you always think that you are an NBA player, but you know it never really went off. I just try to keep training and put myself in that position so I can become an NBA player. Did Did you ever, you know, as talented as you are as a prospect, did you ever have maybe a moment of doubt where you wondered if uh, it would come to fruition? No, I never had a moment of doubt. I always always believed that I would be in the position. Um, that I am in right now. So, I mean, I never really had a doubt about me not becoming a day player. So, never had a doubt. Um, for you, whether it was even high school or LSU to this point, what would you say as a player has been your most favorite moment and maybe the toughest moment so far that you've endured in your young career? Yeah, my most favorite moment was probably, probably at LSU with us 
with us playing in the um, tournament, the March Madness tournament. So that's probably my most favorite moment because you know you're always watching on TV and you want to and you want to play in March Madness. So you know that was just a dream come true. And my most toughest moment would probably be at the Geico Nationals when I was when I was with Oak Hill and I missed the game when it shot in the corner against Lazemere. So that's probably my most toughest moment for being a basketball player, but it's all good. Well, I'm I'm want to follow up then on that that Oak Hill uh, moment. Did like after that? Did that uh, you know any any great player you know like has missed a, a game winning shot or something in their time? Like um, when when that happened to you, what what did you do after? Did it affect your mindset or work ethic at all, or does it stick out with you even to today that you you take with you to fuel you in your in your game going forward? Uh, can you repeat the question? Sure. Like, uh, you know, after that Oak Hill shot, um, you were talking about, like, um, it, has that, like, fueled you at all going forward, like, to whether it's your mindset or anything like that, um, that, like, it sticks with you? Yeah, I mean, you want to just, you know, it, it always motivated me to keep working, keep working on my game because you want to, because you want to be in a situation and then next time you, and then next time I want to make the shot. So it has always fueled me to always stay in the gym and keep working because, you know, you always want to make shots and be in that position for your teammates to trust and rely on you. Well, when you went to LSU, you certainly made a lot of shots. I mean, you averaged 23 a game as a freshman. And, you know, when you look back uh, historically, you know, that's maybe a basket or two below guys like Kevin Durant. Trey Young and and Michael Beasley during their freshman seasons, they turned out pretty good. So, I mean, hopefully that'll work out for you as well. But, you know, with that in mind, as a scorer, how hard is it to get those points each night? Because the defense is locking in on you as the go-to guy at the time for for LSU. Yeah, you know, um, at first it's pretty it's pretty straightforward because nobody has to film on you because, you know, I'm a freshman coming in, nobody has to film yet. So you're really just out there playing freely. So at first it gets easy, then it gets harder because, you know, teams in your conference got film on you and they're game planning for you. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it gets tough, but it's still pretty, it's still not that tough because, you know, I'm, I'm in the gym working, I watch film. Um, I look at certain ways to score on the defense, how to get easy points, you know, just little certain stuff like that. So, you know, it gets tougher when you get in, like, the conference play, but it's still pretty still pretty manageable because, you know, I just know how to attack the defense from watching film so much. And so you talk about watching film. I, I guess with that in mind, as, as you're getting ready for the NBA and, you know, potential teams that you could go to and look to make an impact on as a rookie, I, I was curious if you had any favorite NBA teams that you've watched and maybe some offenses that, you feel like you could thrive in, you know, right off the bat as a rookie? Yeah, um, really just any, I really feel like I could just thrive in any offense. Really, I don't really have a favorite team to like say, oh, I could thrive there. I just, I just, I, I can thrive in any offense. And, you know, I just take that approach and like, and like just ask a lot of questions, study film, just to put myself in the best position to be on the floor. So whatever, so whatever situation I go into, I'll be ready. I'll, I'll be ready off back. So coming into the league right now, if you had to evaluate your game, what would you say are your your biggest strengths 
and the weaknesses that you're working on to improve as a player? Yeah, um, my biggest strength, I would say, is probably my confidence and mindset. I'm a D-level scorer who can make plays for others, and I'm a solid on-ball defender. And for my weaknesses, I just try to put a lot of emphasis on strength, strength, conditioning, and nutrition. Just learning how to be a professional. And, you know, I just want to continue to grow as a team defender, and I can always get better, and I look forward to adding to my game. So I wouldn't say really weaknesses, just, you know, stuff I want to improve at and keep working on when I get there. With that in mind, you know, obviously, whether it's in a, a mock draft or a scout and executive, a lot of times when prospects are coming into the league, you know, they get compared to players, um, whether in the NBA now or in the past. And so with that in mind, I wanted to give you to the platform and ask you, do you see any player comparisons for an NBA guy maybe now that's in the league or that was in the league that compare to you as a player, Cam Thomas? Um, I'd probably say the one player from past, I probably would say I could probably compare myself to Kobe a little bit, the way how we um just just for our mindset and the way we score. And for the players now, I could probably compare myself to Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and James Harden. So really just those those three now and one one past player. Well certainly all four of those guys can get a bucket and you could as well. So I could see your thought process there. <laughs> um, how, how about for yourself? Like now, look, you're you're just starting your MBA career. And, you know, what you hope is certainly a long and productive one at that. Um, so like with that in mind, as you're getting ready to come into the league, what are your long term goals for yourself that you hope to achieve by the time you hang up your sneakers? You know, however many years down the line that may be. Yeah, you know, my long-term goals, I just want to, you know, just win at all costs. And I just want to be known as a winner for my long-term goals and be an NBA champion, whether one, five, six, five, six, seven times. Just want to be an NBA champion. And hopefully, like, really past my career, I want to be an NBA GM. So, that's, so yeah, that's, like, one of my aspirations. So Interesting. That Now, that's that's kind of a rare thing for me when I ask guys about what they want to do long term you know usually it's like well i want to be an all-star i want to win a championship you know stuff like that but you're thinking but it's interesting to hear especially a young guy your age that's um you know still a teenager at this point going to be 20 like just to even think about uh, post-career they have a they have a program for players that um you know once you get into the league to to learn about that stuff um, and as far as yeah. how to become an executive. So if I'm sure you knew that, but just in case, I mean, definitely something you should look into for sure. If that's an aspiration you have. And I'll definitely look into it because that's, that's really something I'm really interested in past my playing career. So I'll definitely be looking into that. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, well, in the meantime, you know, you're getting ready for the draft and, you know, you're doing your training and whatnot. Um, do you have any, uh, upcoming workouts with teams, you know, as we get uh, into the next couple of weeks before the draft. Yeah, I got a few workouts, but I, but I'm just going with the process. I don't know where yet, so I'm just going to be going from state to state, city to city. But I don't know which which workouts I'm doing yet. So I got a few coming up, I guess. 
Okay. And as far as like, you know, when I had mentioned in the in the intro, as far as like a draft range, you know, whether it's a potential lottery pick um, or not, I mean, from your vantage point, do you have a sense of where you think you could go? I mean, that's my, you know, that's my opinion, but I was curious if you had your own thoughts as well. Yeah, I mean, of course, everybody wants to go in the lottery, top 10, top 14, whatever, but I just want to go to a team that, that you know, that, that just values, that values me a lot and just want to invest in me for being the hard worker I am and just the basketball junkie that I am. So I just want to go to a team that just values me as a player in person. With that in mind, I'm sure when you sit down and you do, I mean, I know you did your some interviews, you know, probably already at this point, but teams are going to ask you, I would imagine, why should my organization take you as a player? So, I mean, I'll give you the floor there, too. Why why should an NBA team take Cam Thomas with their first round pick, wherever that may be? Um, a, a team should take Cam Thomas because he is the best scorer in the draft, um, ready to come in and provide instant offense to any team. The confidence, the confidence and ability to handle high pressure situations because, you know, you got to be able to live for the moment. And also, just being a student of the game, you got to be a student of the game and, and also a winner. Um, he, lo- he loves to win. He's not going to set nothing less other than winning. So, He's just going to bring a winning mentality to a new to a team that he's going to be going to. So just stuff like that. And I know you had touched upon that a little bit uh, in terms of your your goals for your career. Um, very, you know, team orientated goals you had when we were talking about that. When I asked you, I was just curious if um, individually, you know, and I'm, and I'm making that note specifically asking you, like individually, um, if there's anything that you do want to achieve by the time you're you're done with the talent you have. Yeah, I mean I just wanna you know, just whatever just whatever comes my way really, whether it's being the scoring champ, you know, league MVP, um, all perennial all star, you know, just little goals like that, that every kid has, being a Hall of Famer. You know, just just having like certain certain goals like that, I just try to strive towards those and hopefully and hopefully I can when I'm done playing. Is there anything about the draft process that's uh, maybe surprised you so far? I mean, obviously, it's a little it's different this year than it was last year. It's a little bit more back to normal. So is there anything that uh, maybe has surprised you or a favorite part of the draft process that you've liked so far? Uh, Just it's a very long process. Nothing really surprised me. I'm just, you know, just going along with it because, you know, you got to go through this just to get to your destination point. So, I mean. Nothing really surprised me and just, you know, everything about it just excites me really. So just, you know, just being able to work out like a pro and eat like a pro, just training to be professional. So it's just, you know, it's just really amazing. You know, when you do realize, when you do realize that dream and, and you get your name called and, you know, you start the process, you know, you, you move out to whatever city you're going to go to and get ready for you. What's what's the thing that you're looking forward to most about when you get to the NBA? Like, I, I didn't know if there was maybe a favorite guy you wanted to go up against and maybe try to get a bucket on or anything like that, that you're really excited about when you realize your dream. I mean, you know, just, just be able to play in the NBA, man. You know, you always look at it on TV, 
you know, I, I look at it on, you know, YouTube and TV so much. I just want to be able to be out there playing. I just want to see myself out there playing along with the other great players in the league. So not really, like, excited to go up against anybody. I'm just, just excited to be in the NBA and, and just being able to play because it's always been a dream of mine. And I just want to, you know, live on my dream. Well, I mean, you're certainly on the, the doorstep of doing that for yourself. Um you know, Cam, I mean, I appreciate you hopping on for a little bit here with us. And I do wish you the best of luck as you get ready for the NBA draft and uh, as you get ready to realize a dream that you've had probably since you were a kid. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. No thank doubt. For having me on. No, nah, no doubt, Cam. And, you know, I also want to thank everyone else for tuning in. And if you want to hear more episodes of the Hoopside podcast with guest appearances from NBA players, draft prospects like Cam Thomas out of LSU, coaches, executives, media members, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. You can also keep up with my tweets on Twitter, at Mike A. Scotto. You can follow Cam on Twitter, too. He's at number two, number four, underscore Cam Thomas. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours all the best. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.